Hello, I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for six years. Until we... Seven years. Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic and also very much not an evangelical. We are oh, deconstructing. Yes. <laughs> and reconstructing together. together. <laughs> Listen to some of our key episodes, such as Deconstructing Together, Domestic Abuse, I'm a Survivor. The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2, and Dehumanized by Purity Culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. together. <laughs> We're going to do that cheesy ending each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, honey. So this is your podcast. When we finished our last one, you said you had a, you were excited, or you had a fun idea for a podcast on sex. So <gasps> I'm, I'm intrigued. How I don't know what you have in store. could I talk about that? This purity culture little girl. <laughs> so and we've talked about it in the podcast, Dehumanized by Purity Culture. This year I've really been um, deconstructing my purity culture background. Uh, it was definitely a huge part of my teenage years and which led into my adult years. And it's really just this year as I deconstruct my faith that I'm also dealing, working through a lot of the purity culture stuff, junk, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and making big progress. You are, yeah. Um, and sometimes I get these different flashbacks to some of the teachings we've had. And today I had one on just sitting at this seminar. I don't remember exactly where I was sitting, but I just had a flashback of um, this time that they were talking about rape and how do you know if like it was all girls sitting there and how do you know like if you've been raped or like I forget exactly like what they were talking about but I just remember them saying that that um you need to examine yourself to see if you um like screamed and tried to fight it off the whole time like tried Mm. to bring attention to yourself to be rescued and also and this one is the kicker um did you enjoy it at all like even a little bit Mm. and it's just horrible like Mm. it's just horrible that they would teach something like that because it's like that means that a victim who needs people to come alongside her and believe her or him, <laughs> mm-hmm. but ends up being in a place where they have to rethink through their experience in detail to see if they enjoyed it at all. And what if your body physically responded to the physical touching? How do you then think through that? Like, how do you... Like, then you end up feeling like it was your fault and you're guilty when you're the victim. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's really hard. So that ties into, like, the sex talk or, or educating our kids about sex. And yeah. So it's not actually what I meant to have this podcast on story. It was going to be fun. So anyway. I was wondering, this but, is your fun topic. <laughs> this is not a fun topic. But I just Important had this. Topic flashback today Mm -hmm. and it just like it just and i know because i shared about this um on social media and i had someone else's (laughs) remembered 
being taught the same thing. So yeah. I know this is prevalent, but um, anyway, <laughs> I just needed to get this flush back out. But I get these different moments. But one and that's of things, how flashbacks are. It's it's important. It's pressing. It's you got to talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to talk about though, and like some of our other podcasts, we don't have an answer. We're just talking through things. Mm -hmm. And so it's on sex. <laughs> um, so like for us, we follow the, the courtship model. Um, and we were extremely careful physically. I mean, we, that's also part of the courtship model, really. Uh, we set up a lot of rules for ourselves and guidelines. And like, this is how close we'll sit together. This is uh, like, we're not, this is when we're going to start holding hands. This is when we're going to kiss. This is when, like, we just, like, set up all these rules. Um, it was a huge deal when we started holding hands. Oh, yes. We had discussions about, like, we had held hands too much that day, so we had to stop. Oh, really? I, I remember that conversation. <laughs> I, I felt convicted in my soul that I held yes. your hand too long. <laughs> I was getting too turned on. I guess <laughs> I'm holding your hand. <laughs> well, when that's all the contact you get. It, anyways. Yeah. And then you don't like, like even hugging, you know, mm -hmm. it's like definitely not a body hug. Hug mm -hmm. <laughs> like it. Very careful hug and all yeah. these things. Like we had so many rules. Mm -hmm. So we were dating, but we had all these rules and we were sitting there setting up our rules, you know, mm -hmm. and we decided that we would not kiss until like pretty much our wedding but then i didn't want my first kiss to be in front of everybody because i figured it'd be kind of awkward and weird mm -hmm. so i didn't want it to be and in you front were not wrong <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want it to be in front of everybody so we decided we would kiss one week before our wedding mm -hmm. <laughs> so we kissed one week before our wedding um and then we got married and suddenly you have you know you have this big party and this stressful event because you know family stressful <laughs> and mm -hmm. then um you sign a piece of paper and suddenly we're off to a hotel and on our honeymoon and supposed to turn the switch and be this amazing great sex when mm -hmm. you've like gone from all these rules to now you can do everything and it's all supposed to be great mm -hmm. and if you've kept yourself pure then it'll be perfect right right <laughs> pretty much and and it wasn't we had a really really hard honeymoon and it took a long time to figure things out and mm -hmm. and it took years to even get comfortable really it took a long time but not in a good way like yeah like i would imagine i think well i have heard someone say like even outside the christian circle it it's not necessarily great your first time right you know like it's but you don't have that pressure and that expectation that it's going to be amazing right and that's yeah. where this was, was the promise for us. Yeah, because everybody talks about their honeymoon being amazing and it just wasn't like it. Yeah, it I don't know wasn't. how much detail <laughs> you want to go into, but not much. it did not. It wasn't awesome. Yeah. Um, but now, like with deconstructing and trying to figure out this whole purity culture thing and our kids getting older and growing up and being a parent, I'm like, how? how does this work and um, like how, how are we going to teach this and how um, someone told me, well, it's not going to be your choice anyway. It's going to be their choice, <laughs> which is true. Um, but I just find myself like wondering, this is 
not natural. How it happened for us was not natural. Mm -hmm. Being so focused on rules, and then that changes because you sign a piece of paper. It's so stupid. Um, there's no natural progression. Mm -hmm. Like, just look at a platonic friendship. There's a natural, is that how we say it? Yeah. Platonic friendship. There's a natural progression of events, you know? Like, first you, like, just talk superficial things, and then you reach out more to each other, and then you start to talk deeper, and then you might share something that you don't want to spread around, or, like, this natural progression of event in a relationship. And after a while, you might give this friend a hug. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm talking like not romantic relationship. Like that's just a natural progression. And what in life doesn't have a natural progression? I mean, yeah. pretty much everything does. Um, but when we look at the purity culture or the courtship movement or the Christian circles of mm -hmm. teachings that I'm familiar with, um, there is no progression of events. Mm -hmm. It's nothing, and then it's everything. Mm -hmm. How the, this just does not seem healthy to me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, my mind is really trying to figure this one out. Like how, as we seek health, you know, this is our podcast, Seeking Health. Um, how do we seek health sexually? And I know our... Our, our journey is done in terms of like uh, being single and <laughs> the natural progression sexually. But there's natural progression in connecting emotionally. There's mm -hmm. this, this natural progression in connecting just even spiritually, sharing more in depth with beliefs and things like that. Mm -hmm. But physically, there isn't. I mean, even us holding hands was discussing should we even hold hands? Yeah. You know, because some people go as far as not touching each other at all before the wedding. All the pictures are Bible with apart. You know, mm -hmm. like you never are stand closer. Um, and we were very conservative in mm -hmm. our teachings, uh, in our in our physical touch. Um, yeah. Really careful, and it did not work out well. Mm -hmm. It was not good. So you go from like these Christian teachings that say you say sex for marriage and our experience that was very negative and I know we're not the only ones and then and just this it just doesn't get talked about. No. <laughs> um, and just this idea of natural progression. Like mm -hmm. how is there a way to have natural progression in a relationship? And our I know our kids will have to make their own choices so it's not like I'm going to figure it out for them. Mm -hmm. I just need to figure it out a little bit in my mind mm -hmm. as I guide them, but also accept whatever choice they make. Yeah. <laughs> but like, is there a way to have natural progression in a relationship so that when you get married, you can be there and it can be a natural continuation of in your relationship of having sex? Like, is there a way to not have sex before you're, away, you're married and still be a healthy, natural progression? Or, or, and I will say it, like, or should there be natural progression regardless of slanging that marriage paper mm -hmm. and just follow, not just follow your body, but like follow the natural progression spiritually, physically, emotionally, like in every way. And just when it's right, it's right, mm -hmm. you know, like, and then make it be 
a super bonding deep experience and i'm not saying here like sleep around all the wherever with whoever whenever like it Mm -hmm. one night stands like that's not what i'm talking about here i'm talking about committed people in a relationship Mm -hmm. um the yeah what you get you understand what i'm trying to say yeah i get it for sure and it i mean it did seem strange to me at the time and and still is kind of strange to me that it feels like other people that had sex before marriage and kind of normal people that didn't follow all of our rules had better honeymoons i mean it they talked about it like it was a great experience um and it does kind of seem like that way of doing things the way that we did it like i mean we worked like it worked out like we figured things out eventually (laughs) 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 and we have great sex now but we didn't then and it's it's unfortunate that it does kind of seem like a false promise. Like it is a it false is promise. It is a false promise. That if you follow all these rules, you keep your mind pure, you keep your body pure, you keep everything pure, then you're going to have awesome sex. And it's not, it didn't work for us and it seems like it doesn't work for a lot of people. So I think it is valid to say, well, that's a false promise. Let's just say, say it like it is. It's not going to be amazing. Um, there are some upsides to it. Uh, as far as like you're not comparing your partner to somebody else Uh, so like that is an upside but some pretty big downsides are like if you have high expectations they're not going to be necessarily met and and you have that awkwardness and then like just a lot of pressure uh i think probably especially on the woman well i was gonna say like as a as a woman all this time you're supposed to turn off your emotions turn Mm -hmm. off any physical attraction or desire and even turn off any crushes even on men Mm -hmm. boys because i mean if you have to confess it or if they're seen as sin like it you end up turning off everything like inside like that whole section of sex and physical attraction in its entirety not just intercourse is turned off Mm -hmm. so how do you just return it on it doesn't work like that that's not how at least a woman's brain works like you can't just have it turned off for years and then just turn it on and be this great sex goddess like <laughs> you know like it yeah like i i feel like i've gradually been pushing that switch but like we're 15 down the year 15 years down the road and i feel like finally it's switched mm-hmm. but like it doesn't seem right it mm-hmm. doesn't seem how it should be um and on on different forums that i'm on like it's something common is um i probably won't say the word right but like vagina and di- v- vagina vaginitis vaginitis something like that <laughs> and and it's a physical reaction to being so stressed physically about sex being so tensed about it being for so long that you cannot relax your muscles down there and you cannot have an intercourse. Mm-hmm. And this happens in women that are part of these circles, mm-hmm. part of our circles. Like I'm on some forums where there are women that have experienced that. Um, and to a small degree, I did as well. Mm-hmm. It did not last near as long as some of these other people, but 
as often requires medical care even. Um, and I think it's a, most of the time, a direct correlation to the teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, there are consequences to this teaching. So I just think it through and I'm just like, I don't know, like something that the system doesn't work. So what should it look like? Mm-hmm. Um, do I continue to, like, I know you and I aren't necessarily, like, I'm questioning in a way a little different than you on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely still hold to sex be safe for marriage. I don't know. I don't know what I think. Like, I don't know what I would even teach my kids at this point. I mm-hmm. do think you should be in a serious, committed relationship. I just don't know if it should be marriage necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. like, it. I just... Something doesn't work with yeah. the system. It's not natural. And if we believe that, I mean, I say this is like an agnostic, but like if we believe that God created our bodies, mm-hmm. then why are we having to shut down a huge part of it and not follow any f- natural progression of events? Yeah. And then you add to that that marriage certificate is just government-based. Like it's not even like, so we're teaching on this biblical side of things that, don't do anything and then on the other side until you have this government paper like it it, it contradicts itself in my mind like something is just not working mm-hmm. in my mind and this has been like swirling around in my mind for weeks yeah and we need to try and figure out like how much of this is pendulum swing because clearly it didn't work but also like we were more conservative even then like at bible school like other people were also quite conservative but we were kind of more conservative than most of them Mm -hmm. but then it is a very very common issue yeah and it it is more than just oh like it wasn't the greatest honeymoon like it you know these forums that you're talking about and and the book that we read pure and you know some other discussions we've had with people like these issues do continue yeah well honestly it's only this year that i feel like I've completely freed myself from it. And I feel like it's only after you've started deconstructing. Yeah. Like you had to let go of Christianity yeah. basically to find your sexual out yeah. sexuality. And 15 years after getting married. So it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Like we can't just say, oh, that's... Just because we've had kids doesn't mean that it all no. worked great. You no. know? Yeah. Like it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, kind of feel robbed, you know, Yeah. it's been a huge, huge mental struggle for me mm-hmm. for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the fact of, oh, I kept myself from marriage and I, I only failed by kissing a week before, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like kept myself pure for marriage. And then, then 15 years of marriage with this constant back of my mind struggle Mm -hmm. um it's just yeah it's not right so i don't know Mm -hmm. something that uh the author of the book pure uh keep forgetting her name but um she had written about how neurons that fire together wire together and Mm -hmm. that when you have two experiences that happen at the same time such as if you always visit grandma and you smell a certain smell when you visit grandma over and over, if you smell that smell, you'll you'll feel the presence of grandma. Like 
or musicians can get two fingers stuck if they're if they're playing an instrument with two fingers a lot and they can get so stuck that they actually can't separate those two fingers anymore and the more that they try and separate the fingers the more that it reinforces the the two fingers working together and it can become a real medical problem because they can't individuate the fingers because the brain maps uh, are fluid and can change and so the point of that author was to say when you have sexual feelings and you have guilt feelings at the same time over and over and over and over for your whole adolescent life then you get married then it's hard to not have the guilt feelings with the sex feelings right and I mean I definitely struggled with that too like most of the purity culture books are are for women or like focused on women because I think it is a harder thing for women but also it's something that um, I don't like there is a male component of it yeah. and I don't see any books or anything no. written for the male side of it. I mean, on the male side of it, it's like leading up to marriage. I literally couldn't even think about it, you know, and I was trying to be very disciplined about not thinking about you uh, until we got married. But then it's like then I didn't really know what to do right and so that didn't help things either and then it was hard to separate that shame and the sex mm. um, you know the good sex part of it um, there's you know the male component the, the male side of it is erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation which are things that um, if masturbation is completely forbidden which, which for most people you know most evangelicals would say that it is um those are things that are going to be so much worse because you just you're not familiar with your own body and yeah. your own body is sinful like that aspect of yourself and yeah like that's something that just in the last couple of months i've realized like masturbation is fine um pornography is not fine clearly but masturbation is fine and you know keep it in 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 certain bounds it can get out of hand it can become an, an addictive uh behavior but um that is something that i would push back as far as purity culture i'm trying to figure out i don't there's a lot of things i don't know right now but uh i wish that somebody had told me when i was about the age of our kids that masturbation is fine don't feel embarrassed about it don't feel ashamed because i carried so much shame for so long and it becomes i mean it's it's basic it's almost impossible not to um as a man like your body fills up you need to release and it if 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 you're taught that masturbation is a terrible sin uh that just becomes a ter a huge weight uh because it it um anyways I'm getting sidetracked into that but I guess on my side also I had this this shame component and then just this like inability to prepare and to to know my own body that also you know led to that so I don't know what the answer is yeah I don't know but I think it's worth pointing out that there's an issue here there's an issue here more than just a little bit of an issue One of the other issues with it too is um, that 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 I see 
with waiting for marriage is that some <laughs> a lot of people in the evangelical circle might get married really young or really quick um, because they want to have sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, and when that's combined with teachings that divorce is not, is frowned upon or is sinful or evil or you can never get remarried after divorce or whatnot, that leads to very dysfunctional marriages because mm-hmm. um, you get married because you want to have sex. And I remember talk, thinking about it and maybe even talking to you about it before we were married, like, oh, well, it's okay that we want to get married because we are attracted to each other and want to have sex because it's God-given desire. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like that. But now I kind of look back and, I was, and I'm like, but how many people get married so young because they can't wait? But they don't mm-hmm. like they're like, I can't wait. So let's get married so we can have sex. But they should never be married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're stuck mm-hmm. and in their marriage that is not healthy or or even toxic or abusive or just keeps them both stuck <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and not uh, helpful to each other to grow does not like it's just not a good match yeah. but they're stuck to either have to make the decision to get divorced which is from what I hear extremely difficult emotionally because mm-hmm. it's a huge process if you have kids that's like way worse um, way more difficult um, but even without kids, like, and then you add in Christian teachings of, that frowns on divorce so that you can't get remarried after. And, and it just becomes like, maybe that's not the reason that you're getting married, except maybe it is the unacknowledged reason. <laughs> you can't well, there's a verse in the Bible that says that. Um, if something about if you burn... It's better to be single as I am single, writes Paul, but uh, for those who lack self-control, let them get married or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just so negative. It's yeah. like, ugh, if you can't control yourself, then fine, just get married. Mm-hmm. It's like, ugh, I don't like that verse. I never <laughs> have. I've always found it kind of condescending. Mm. Like, but it's like, that's just another one of those reasons that Another one of those negatives in my mind now I'm deconstructing about waiting for marriage for sex. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I still don't know what I believe about it, but I just mm-hmm. see that as a negative. Yeah. Like, um, and some people end up getting stuck together for years and very detrimental. Um, yeah. So I guess the other side of this is that... Um, one of the last Bible studies I did on campus when I was back in the day when I was a campus pastor and I had all the answers. Um, I did a whole bunch of research because I'm, I've always been more of a professor than a campus pastor, but I did a, like a bunch of research. I had footnotes. I had everything kind of proving that marriage is a good idea. And on paper, marriage is a good idea because, um, and uh, the statistics say that if you sleep together before you get married, actually, um, like it's better, f- you'll have slightly better marriage statistics if you don't sleep together before you get married. Who made those statistics? Well, supposedly they're objective, like just. They're sponsored by the biggest churches in the States. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should have, you know, printed out all the statistics, but 
it's okay. It, it was from more than one place, and it, I, I know what you mean. There are kind of focus on the family types surveys yeah. <laughs> that that'll like cherry pick things, um, and so that. But it does seem as though that does bear out in the statistics. Another thing is that more conservative um, religious groups do have longer marriage longevity, which might be good, might be bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like there might be bad reasons that they have. Yeah, the marriage lasting a long time. Um, something you know, something that James Dobson wouldn't casually slip in is that atheists actually have the best, uh, the longest lasting marriages. Um, and uh, the did you guys hear that? <laughs> atheists have the longest marriages. Yes, and the shortest marriages um, are between people that have different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can see that because in deconstruction circles, pe- when one spouse deconstructs their faith and the other one's still in the faith, it seldom works out. Yeah. Because usually the person of faith is not open to a di- to accepting a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And the other one is so hurt and triggered and traumatized by the religion that they can't handle someone who... So like both sides can't. Mm-hmm. work it out whereas i guess atheists would be more well there's a whole range of atheists there is yeah some of them are very preachy atheists yeah um which is just another form of fundamentalism mm-hmm. so yeah yeah but uh as far as whether marriage itself as an institution is a good idea um it seems as though <clears throat> So Bruxy Cavey in a sermon one time, uh, I'll talk for a bit and then you can tell me how wrong I am. But uh, he said, marriage is an institution designed to protect women and children. This is what he said. And that seems to bear out in the statistics as far as where will women be protected the most? Where will children be protected the most? It's in a marriage. Um, Second marriages, and this is absolutely nothing negative you know there's always specific cases right like there's a difference between the averages and the specific cases so this isn't to um, be negative on any specifics but um, if if a father is predisposed towards violence or towards pedophilia or something like that statistically speaking he will be better on his own children than on somebody else's children yeah and if he is prone to violence, he will statistically be kinder on his wife than perhaps on a girlfriend. And then a man will also provide that protection as far as a single woman alone will not have as much protection. So, And then the longer that a couple stays married and stays together, the more wealth they accumulate. And marriage longevity is one of the best indicators of stability and wealth. Um, and... Uh, men specifically men that get divorced it was very significant how much more depressed they were that men were much more happy in a marriage um so in those ways if you average everything out it seems as though um the institution of marriage is good for society it's good in general for the people in marriage um therefore you know that was my study well i do agree that marriage is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no issues with that. Oh, okay. 
my issue is how can you have natural progression sexually mm. compared to the purity culture yeah. <laughs> that we were raised with or what I assume is most churches t teachings on mm -hmm. sex that as little as you can handle before mm -hmm. and then everything after. Yeah. Um, so like, as long as you don't go all the way, we might accept this and this, if you really can't help it, just don't go all the way. But like, but really it's like almost like the less you do, the better it is almost mm -hmm. like, um, so that's just, there's just no natural progression of events. I guess I'm just getting back to what I start said earlier. Just, is there a way to wait till marriage to have sex, mm -hmm. but still have it be healthy mm -hmm. with natural progression um, and just be overall healthy for both the men and the woman. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for that to happen or is there not? I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know either. There's, can I think out loud some thoughts that aren't fully formed? Yes, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it occurs to me that this is what a well-known fact that in the ancient Jewish culture of the New Testament, it was somewhat expected that a betrothed couple would have sex or might have sex before they got married. Never heard that. Yeah, you don't hear that very much. But, no, because you hear about betrothal in the American system. The the American Christians that try to copy Jewish betrothal, they definitely don't have sex before they <laughs> get married. Okay, sorry. Because, and that plays into the story of Mary and Joseph. And, um, and I remember reading John Piper's study on this, and he's got a whole thing about divorce and remarriage, and this comes into it. And the reason that he couldn't, divorce or or it was considered a divorce to end the betrothal because the assumption was once you were betrothed you might start having sex and um and because and he wanted to put her away because he knew it wasn't her child it wasn't his child so like that all enters into the discussion it had nothing to do with what we're talking about now which is sex before marriage but john piper fully mentioned that uh that there was the assumption that uh people might have sex before marriage which makes sense as far as a natural progression right like you're engaged eventually you're gonna tie the knot in front of everybody and if if things happen before the fact um it's you know in that culture it wouldn't be a huge deal because at least it's it's with the person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with right yeah and the other thing that is just I'm just toying with and I don't know exactly where to land with it uh, but you know when Jesus was talking about lust um, and I think Jesus is the only religious leader that has identified lust as a huge issue he says if you lust for a woman in your heart then you've already committed adultery with her the implied context of that was somebody else's wife you're not supposed to covet somebody else's wife but if you're engaged to this person you're going to get married then you're i mean that verse theoretically wouldn't apply to you so theoretically you would be able to imagine having sex with the person that you're engaged to 
That seems weird. It seems very weird. So I'm not entirely sure if that's like, okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm nervous as I say this. Um, but just in the, you know, people can figure this out for themselves. I, I don't, yep. I'm not telling anybody what to believe, but it, as far as a natural progression, it's like, well, it, it would make sense, especially for me because like, you know, if you can't even imagine it, how can you have a natural progression, <laughs> you know? Whereas if you can at least imagine it and you can workshop it through in your mind, then you can, I mean, that's, then you can practice mentally at least and you, and you can feel comfortable with the idea. That sounds weird we had, to say. Because we like stopped ourselves, like we couldn't, we didn't even think about it. No, not and then at we all. we got married. Yeah. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So we went to the doctor and then, okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I read this, I read this funny quote. Um, and <laughs> best quote. No, just kidding. Right. Tell me what you think. It's very serious. Okay. Very serious. <laughs> I have my serious face on. Right. It's not premarital sex if you never get married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have nothing to say about it. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> so there you go. If you want to call us heretics, just say that we're, <laughs> we're encouraging. No, we're not encouraging anything. Just no. think for yourself instead of just taking other people's yeah. standards. Because that's what we did. We just took people's standards. Yeah. And applied them to our lives. And we did super well. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very good at following everybody else's rules. I yes. think we deserved a gold star or something. Here you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just, you know, we're podcasting through our journey and our thinking and our deconstruction. And that's just where I'm at. And this podcast has not brought any more resolution in my mind mm -hmm. about this, but it's, it's okay. I don't need to have the answer. And I don't need to have it to raise my kids because we need to teach them about consent. We need mm -hmm. to teach them to be safe and to be good. Mm -hmm. And they need to make decisions themselves. Yeah. One of the things that was lacking in all these rules we were taught is the whole consent. Mm -hmm. And that applies before marriage and it applies after you're married too. I, that is so good. Can I just pause you though for one second? Yes. Because I want to wrap this this part up, and then I so want to go exactly where you're going. Because I thought, I mean, the pastor in me is still kind of like, oh, I I do want to just wrap this up. <laughs> um, for people that you know are are Christians and want to do the evangelical thing, there's a book called Sheet Music, which we read a couple years into our marriage. It's an evangelical good Christian book, but it just talks about sex and it. It lays it out. And I would encourage anybody that's engaged, just read that book together. Sheet music on your own and then talk about it together. And then you'll, you'll be more, you'll be able to think things through. And I think that that would be a great thing to do. And then I think it's fine to to think about what, uh, think about sex before you get married, when you're engaged. And anyways, I think that w those are things that would be really helpful. Um, yeah, consent and marriage. Yeah. I had never heard of that until like way into our marriage. Mm -hmm. That even though 
we belong to each other because we're married. Mm -hmm. We're still individuals mm -hmm. and there still needs to be consent. Yeah. That's pretty huge. And that is something that has just, I, I've wanted to broach the issue on Facebook and I just don't, I haven't thought of the right way to say it yet, but it's just like, you know, let, maybe I could just say it here, like rape is still rape if it happens in marriage. Yes. And consent, like non-consensual sex is still non-consensual sex in marriage. Yeah. Like it's one thing if one person wants it, the other person doesn't, and then they consent and they say, okay, fine, we can have it tonight, even though I don't really want to. That's still, if she's consenting, it's still consent. But if it's not consenting, then that is, that is rape. Yeah. And that is wrong. And that is the key thing to teach our kids. And yeah. it starts from young. Mm -hmm. It starts from toddlerhood. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you don't force them to give a hug or mm -hmm. to receive a hug. You don't force them to give a kiss. You don't, you know, like, and then just consent in how they play with their friends. Consent, like it starts very young, this whole concept. But the concept of consent sexually have absolutely has to be taught. And that is definitely something that was lacking in our upbringing, even though there was this huge focus on sex mm -hmm. in the purity sense. But there was nothing taught about consent mm -hmm. um, and being safe. I mm -hmm. mean, how many people from the church get in trouble sexually after a sexual encounter, whether it be from... Um, uh, an infection mm. or pregnancy or because they weren't even taught how to be safe yeah. because you're only supposed to keep it for marriage so let's mm -hmm. not teach you how to be safe mm -hmm. but like life happens and yeah. some of your kids make different make different choices than you might have wanted for yourself or for them but they need to know about consent that they can give can that they can remove consent at any time through the experience even if they said yes at first and then say no before it's over mm -hmm. that's the end that's done boys and girls need to learn about consent yeah. and they need to learn about being safe mm -hmm. it's just really important no matter where you land at with this subject of sex before marriage or after marriage like consent and safety yeah absolutely is important yeah, and and the messages that we teach young girls about modesty then can send very wrong messages about rape. Yeah. Because if we're telling young women that, well, you can't dress that way because it'll make men stumble, and there's no verse that says that, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that's I care about that, you don't, because you're an agnostic, but there isn't a verse that says women need to dress a certain way so that they don't make men stumble. Jesus said, if your eye causes you to stumble, you to stumble, your eye causes you to stumble, then pluck it out. <laughs> the issue is with you and you need to deal with that issue by plucking out your eyes or, or, you know, whatever. That's a metaphor, obviously, but do what you need to do, even if it's costly to yourself to make sure that you're you. not making a woman uncomfortable, right? Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line because, you know, if a man's walking around you know, undressing everybody with her, with his eyes. And that's, not, that's weird. It's creepy. It's not right. No. But that's his issue to deal with. It's not for the woman to deal yeah. with. And when we give that message, um, that it's her problem to deal with, 
then that puts a burden on her. And then that also creates a situation where if she is violated, she will blame herself. Yeah. Instead of taking it to the right authorities, instead of pointing out the violation and the crime and the sin that happened against her, she'll have the tendency to own that and say, well, it was my fault. Yeah. And so those are really important messages to get right. And they're not getting, they're not, people aren't getting them right. No. Uh, normally. Pretty passionate about it. That's why we have another podcast on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's worth saying too, like, um, maybe just to wrap it up, yeah. but um, I, with the interview with Rebecca Drumsta, she mentioned about going overseas and there were Christians that were being persecuted and they had an orphanage and they had, there was such a sense of who we are and what we do and what Christianity was about. And I feel like Christians can tend to have an identity crisis over here in the West because we're not persecuted. We don't have orphanages. We're not traveling barefoot for hours and hours to come to our meetings. So what are we about? Mm -hmm. And increasingly, it seems like what we are about is sex. Yeah, (laughs) there's so much focus on it. There's so much focus on what we do or don't do with our genitalia. Yeah. That is pretty much what defines who we are right so much oh we we don't believe in remarriage or we don't believe in homosexuality or we you know only have sex within marriage or like we're against gay marriage or whatever like there these are the defining issues and even hearing about like uh oral sex is bad or like like i thought of that recently and it's like that was taught as well yeah like, so even in marriage, so there's we... constraints and yes. limitations and rules. And... Yes. Yeah, it doesn't end when you marry the rules. Like the it's our sex. culture is sex obsessed, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is an overemphasis in our culture. And it's yeah. not the first time like the ancient Greeks were sex obsessed as well. It Like it, it comes and goes and like it's very much, okay, the Western culture is a little bit obsessed with this. But the Western church is too. Yeah. They just flipped it it's just the opposite but it's it's the same sort of a thing and it does just create this strangeness to it and and we're both just trying to figure out how do we teach our kids to not be weird about sex because i mean it's not as though they'll get a balanced view from the culture at large because there's i mean not necessarily like there but pornography is a huge issue and that's um, still important to talk about. And that's you know, really so. important to talk to talk about yeah. as well. But then, you know, being against everything is also not a good thing. So, yeah, I don't know. So keep keep wrestling with these thoughts and yeah. keep thinking and push yourself to think outside the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. And be honest about the fact that, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, it it doesn't work as well as it's as it's made to sound like it there's works. room for improvement there is room for improvement <laughs> yes thanks for listening we again. don't have the answers but we have a lot of questions yes so come back for more questions <laughs> as we continue to try and seek health together goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs>